This is a CNA podcast. It's Health Matters right here on CNA 938. Welcome aboard to a World Hearing Day special 2023. World Hearing Day is March the 3rd. And I want to know more about this often overlooked aspect of everyone's health. The theme for this year is Ear and Hearing Care for All. And did you know that according to the WHO, when it comes to ear and hearing problems that are commonly encountered in the community, up to 60% of those could be identified and addressed just at the primary level of care. But is that happening for a lot of you or your loved ones or your elderly loved ones? Or is this something that perhaps is left until it gets a little bit too severe? I want to hear more about the importance of recognizing the signs early and why we can actually lean on our primary health care physicians uh, to try and pick it up at an early stage as well. It's our World Hearing Day special as I welcome to the show ENT surgeon Dr. Barry Tan, who's based at Glen Eagles. Dr. Tan, welcome back to the program. Hi. Hi, Daniel. Always a pleasure to be on your program. I talked about how the majority of the common ear and hearing problems in the community, we could potentially pick it up early. What would you say are some of the more common ear and hearing problems? Well, I think the most common uh, ear and hearing problem would probably be uh, simple things like, for example, impacted earwax, which the general practitioners see quite a bit of as well as ear infections. These by far are probably the most common conditions. Uh, but the, I think what the WHO has been uh, referring to is uh, undiagnosed uh, hearing loss, which actually is a very prob- uh, prevalent problem, especially among our elderly patients uh, in Singapore. And they may not actually want to see uh, the general practitioner for their hearing loss because uh, they feel that they're coping fairly well. Is that because... You see, hearing loss is very subjective to that individual. So, you know, we could see weight loss, for example. I could see muscle mass declining. I could have my cholesterol test to talk to me about my cholesterol. But there's almost nothing in a way for me to measure personally my hearing without going for a hearing test. Is that why it's so undiagnosed? Because to me, I don't think anything's happening. Yes, indeed. And oftentimes, hearing loss can be quite uh, slowly progressive. So uh, patients or uh, people who are affected by their hearing loss uh, learn to slowly cope with their hearing loss. Mm. And uh, as you mentioned, it's an invisible disease. You can't actually look at someone and know that he's got hearing loss, but rather it's through uh, observing his uh, behavior in terms of his communications with loved ones who have to repeat sentences to them. Uh, in you, If you walk into a Uh, sitting room and you realize that the television is played too loud, these are telltale signs. But if you were to look at the patients, you can't tell that they are having hearing loss. Exactly. And how is it affecting somebody's quality of life? Because to a lot of people, um, it just might be that. Turning the volume a bit louder, no big deal. Um, It it just might be leaning forward and asking people to repeat, no big deal. But, But actually, it is a big deal. It can affect somebody's quality of life significantly, can't it? Yes, certainly. I mean, uh, there's been lots of evidence which uh, shows that untreated uh, hearing loss now leads to dementia or is a major contributing factor. It's probably the most modifiable uh, risk factor for uh, dementia. And uh, if it's uh, untreated, 
uh, even though it leads to, uh, from the patient's perspective, not much uh, difference in his quality of life, uh, but uh, to the caregivers as well as the people around them, it affects their quality of life significantly. They have to uh, raise their voices. Uh, there may be arguments and uh, misunderstandings because of raised voices uh, just to communicate with loved ones. Uh, and there could be uh, mistaken instructions which are passed on, which leads to uh, very uh, unpleasant sort of uh, circumstances yeah. domestically. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, social problems. I mean, it could be social mistakes problems. about... I mean, medication that somebody is taking, potentially, you could hear the wrong instruction. I've heard that there might even be potentially links to, you know, social isolation because they might feel difficult interacting in public events and public circles, and that also can exacerbate the aging process. There's so many aspects of how it can affect your body and soul and your health and your lifestyle as well. Now, these undiagnosed hearing problems, why is this happening Dr. Tan, is this normal? Do I just accept that my hearing will degrade as I age once I get past the age of 40 or 50? Well, I think statistically, uh, it is inevitable that we will have uh, degenerative hearing loss for a significant population group. Uh, the uh, papers suggest that uh, approximately about 25% of uh, patients who are above uh, 65 years of age will have some degree of disabling hearing loss and even up to uh, 50% of the population who are above 75 years of age uh, will have disabling uh, hearing loss. And that's a very significant population group. Uh, while it may uh, come as part of natural aging, uh, where our hearing uh, starts to deteriorate, but it is definitely something that is easily treatable, something that uh, does not have to be a uh, status uh, that you have to live with. Uh, and you can access uh, great quality of hearing for a large uh, proportion of your life. In fact, we've got hearing solutions for practically every type of hearing loss nowadays. So no patient should be uh, satisfied with just suboptimal hearing. So what do you think about that point that I raised from the WHO earlier on, that up to 60% of these problems could be picked up at the primary care level? I mean, this could be something that we're picking up at our GP, at our polyclinic, at the pharmacy, who knows? Certainly. And in fact, I think our government is uh, moving in that direction where they're encouraging every single Singaporean to register with their own dedicated general practitioner to have one point of contact who will be able to manage your health issues. And this could be anything and everything, including holistic uh, social issues that affect your health, including diagno uh, diagnosing uh, hearing loss by asking directed questions to families who bring the elderly patients or their family members in uh, just for a regular medical checkup. So I think in the primary healthcare setting, there is lots of avenue for us to be able to ask questions first. Mm. They may not have the facilities to do the hearing test, mm. but they definitely can be a port of call that can direct these family members uh, and their patients uh, for further hearing evaluation. Right. When you're doing your checkup with your doctor and you're, and you're telling your doctor, it's like, oh, yes, I mean, I do find myself asking my, my young ones to repeat themselves to me. I can't hear them so often anymore. Or I do find myself turning the volume up. Or yes, I, I do find myself a little bit in silence quite often. I mean, these can just be the, the red flags that go out and the doctor's like, oh, you know what? That sounds like you might need further investigation. It's time to go for that first hearing check. Let's put it that way, right? Yes, exactly. Totally. How, how, let's ask that question then. Because unlike 
like a blood test or some other scan. It, it's a little bit more challenging to do a hearing setup, a uh, hearing check. Like you said, you've got to have, you know, that soundproof room. Maybe sometimes an audiologist is there to do and perform this. You're hearing the frequencies and the tones and the beeps. Dr. Tan came to my TV show and showed us this once <laughs> as well. It's yes. it's a little bit more time consuming and not as straightforward as just doing a simple blood test or listening to your heart or something like that, right? Yes, it is true. It is true. But I think it is uh, a necessary part of uh, taking over, um, taking control of your own health. Uh, it is an investment in terms of investigating and therefore starting on some uh, solutions to help you hear better. Mm. Uh, and nowadays, uh, we run screening programs sometimes in the community. We don't bring a hearing booth out to the community. Mm. We have these portable devices which uh, act like uh, over-the-ear headphones, which have noise cancelling effects. We're able to simulate a sound-treated room. There are some algorithms for uh, measuring hearing, uh -huh. although not as accurately as in a sound-treated hearing booth. Right. But uh, I think the validation in terms of the hearing results from some of these screening protocols are quite helpful. And so I think uh, we do have some tools which are benefiting from uh, advances in terms of consumer electronics and so on, which will miniaturize some of our technologies and bring it to the community. So very soon, I think it is possible for us to run uh, quite simple screening programs, which can be quite accurate as well. Dr. Tan, let's say some of my listeners tuned in right now want to know more about how often they should be doing this and when they should be doing this. What's the protocol? What's the recommendation? How often should we be doing some kind of hearing test? I think you definitely should do a hearing test if already you're noticing uh, some of those red flags that we mentioned earlier. If you yourself are having communication difficulties, asking your friends or your family to repeat sentences to you, or if you are finding that uh, what you used to be able to hear uh, quite easily, you have to turn up the volume nowadays, you should seek for a hearing evaluation. Uh, but as a general rule, there isn't an advice to say that when once you hit 65 years of age, arbitrarily, you should go for a hearing uh, check. It's very akin to like when you lose uh, your, uh, your ability to read uh, close objects when you're developing uh, age-related or old-age uh, eyesight, press BI uh, biopia, uh, or, uh, and you need reading glasses, you notice that when you're having some difficulties. When you notice these hearing difficulties, you should get yourself checked up. But uh, once you do have a diagnosed uh, hearing loss, then the uh, consensus would be to have an interval surveillance hearing test, probably within a year or two years to see whether there's active progression and to see whether or not it is progressing rapidly or whether it's progressing slowly. So, Doc, let's talk a little bit about, like you said, that schedule, that, that protocol in terms yeah. of going for the test. It's really more about the signs, the symptoms, and it's really more about how it's impacting one's life. There's no recommendation in terms of the age. It's not like colonoscopy where after the age of 50, everybody needs to start going, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, having said that, what kind of information could be picked up by one of these tests? Uh, what could be diagnosed or ascertained? Well, a hearing test is uh, able to tell us two things about uh, one's hearing. Number one, the severity of the hearing loss, which is determined by what is known as the hearing threshold. That's the minimum sound intensity that you need before you can detect sounds at each individual frequency. So the severity of the hearing loss can be uh, determined from a hearing test. And the second, if it is professionally done by a trained uh, audiologist, is if 
we are able to determine also not just uh, what we call the air conduction thresholds, which means if the sound passes through the entire normal uh, mechanism of through your ear canals, your eardrum to your middle ear, uh, through these ear pods which are put into your, your ear canals, we are also able to test uh, what is known as your bone conduction thresholds. So these are vibrating sort of transmitters placed behind your ear uh, on the bone of your skull that transmits the sound into your inner ear to determine the thresholds of your inner ear. And with that, we're able to then determine whether your hearing loss has either a conductive pattern of hearing loss or a sensory neural pattern of hearing loss. What this means is that it can tell us whether the problem is in the outer ear and middle ear in terms of affecting transmission of sound waves or whether the problem is in the sensory organ, which is the organ that senses the sound and converts it to electrical energy to transmit it into your uh, nervous system. So we can tell two things. One, the severity of your hearing loss. And number two, the pattern of the hearing loss. And building on that, what can be done? You talked about earlier on how we do have a range of intervention available. What can be done to help with impact on our hearing health? If you're able to see a doctor who is able to then uh, determine uh, the hearing loss that you have, whether it's a conductive or a sensory neural hearing uh, pattern of hearing loss, then he's able to curate a solution for you. Uh, the vast majority of uh, hearing loss that we see affecting the elderly population in Singapore would be sensory neural, and the most common solution would be just to wear a conventional hearing aid. Mm. And a conventional hearing aid basically is uh, putting some uh, amplification uh, through a small speaker inserted into your ear canal. So that's very useful and a very nifty solution. Uh, there are other surgical hearing implants which are usually indicated for special types of hearing loss, such as single-sided deafness, such as conductive hearing loss, where the middle ear bones may have lost the ability to transmit the sound, uh, or where there is complete deafness, where uh, the use of conventional hearing aids uh, are beyond its ability to help that degree of hearing loss, then we indicate certain implants like cochlear implants. So there are hearing solutions in terms of technologies which can be used, and also there are surgeries which can be used uh, to correct certain types of hearing loss, such as those which affect the middle ear bones, which may be malformed or which may be too fixed and not transmitting well. We've got surgeries to solve some of these problems and give you good hearing without the use of any hearing aids or devices. Dr. Tan, whether it is a surgical option or whether it is a hearing aid, again, all dependent on the nature of the hearing loss that you're experiencing, are these long-term solutions? Yes, these solutions are all long-term solutions. Even purchasing a hearing aid nowadays can be a long-term solution because they are programmable and they can increase the amount of amplification that you need as your hearing loss deteriorates further and further. Similarly, with the uh, surgical hearing implants, they are all programmable and they can be increased in terms of the power that's delivered through either the middle ear or into the inner ear. And so these uh, various hearing solutions are supposed to move along with you depending on your uh, hearing loss patterns and severity as you progress.
And it again, going to that idea, a lot of people do have that stigma that the hearing aid ages you, that it is a sign of, um, you know, something that is trying to hide that stigma. I'm trying to break that as much as possible here. But the point is, you have seen patients, first of all, the technology has advanced so much. It's small, it's mm-hmm. hard to notice, it can be Bluetooth paired to your phone, there's so many options there <laughs> for that kind of stuff, right? Um, yeah. But you've seen at the end of the day, the quality of life does improve with this kind of hearing apparatus. That can happen. Indeed. And in fact, when you mentioned about how people are afraid of the stigma of aging uh, by uh, the sheer cosmesis of wearing a hearing aid, I would like to actually offer the alternative view, which is that when you hear well and you are able to communicate socially with all your friends, you are far more vibrant and gregarious and you adopt a much more youthful outlook in life, people can tell you that you are much younger in age simply because of your personality, your your integration with the rest of uh, society. You know, So I think, in fact, if you don't treat your hearing loss and you socially withdraw from the people around you, that's a far greater precursor of active, sorry, of accelerated aging. I couldn't agree more. Very well said. And just as we leave off, what's your final thoughts, Dr. Tan, in terms of this World Hearing Day? What is the one message you want to leave our listeners with in terms of their hearing health? Definitely, like you said just now, take care and take charge. So don't ignore if you have noticed that you're having some difficulties listening to your favorite radio programs, if you've had difficulties just having uh, an easy conversation with friends and your and your family at social dinners. If you're finding uh, it difficult to hear, please get yourself checked up. It is not painful. It is a short uh, uh, exposure to uh, a simple test. And you can find out so much more about solutions that can help you, which will be a long-term investment for your quality of life. My thanks to Dr. Barry Tan, an ENT surgeon based at Glen Eagles, for helping us understand this World Hearing Day 2023, that there is a lot that can be done in terms of looking out for the signs, in terms of working with your primary care physician on getting that right referral at an early stage, and in terms of the treatments that can help you long-term and improve your quality of life. To listen to more Health Matters podcasts, all you need to do is head on over to CNA Asia, cna.asia slash listen. Scroll down to CNA 938 On Demand and you'll see the Health Matters podcast there. I'm Daniel Martin and this has been Health Matters. Thank you so much for joining me. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.